Not all falling knives keep falling. The Smart Fallen Knives ETF from Direction targets distressed companies primed to reignite. Screening for businesses exhibiting negative momentum, then identifying quality metrics and strong fundamentals. Knife captures fallen knives with the most promise for performance. Get the NIFE ETF from Direction today. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. It's no secret that huge structural changes in the automotive industry are now underway as the move away from gas-powered engines to electric ones accelerates. Now, there's a couple of ways you can play this from an investment angle, and battery supply and infrastructure is certainly one of them. And that's what we've got on today's ETF battles. We've got a pair of battery ETFs from Amplify and Global X going head-to-head. It's bat versus lit right after this. Welcome to ETF Battles. I'm Ron DeLegge. City and states and governments everywhere are placing restrictions on gas-powered automobiles. In California alone, one of the world's biggest auto markets, we've got the state outlawing the sale of gas engine cars starting in 2035. Can you believe that? And whether you agree with it or not, it's coming probably to a state or a city near you. Now, all of this is accelerating the demand for battery solutions as cars get electrified. And that's what's on today's ETF battles. By the way, if you're here for the first time, be sure to hit the subscribe button to ETF Guide TV. Don't be a stranger. Post some comments below. If there's a specific ETF matchup or battle that you'd like to see, give us those ticker symbols. Again, you can do that in the comment section below, or you can hit us up on our Twitter feed at ETF Guide. So today's headliner, like I said, is between two index linked battery ETFs. We've got the Amplify ticker symbol BAT, B-A-T-T, going up against the Global X ticker symbol LIT, L-I-T. And helping us to judge today's contest is Mike Akins, the founder at ETF Action, and Eric Balchunas, senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg. Mike and Eric, welcome back. Great to be here, Ron. Likewise. Quick note about our judges. Mike does a weekly webinar series called Monday Morning Quarterback. So if you're a financial advisor watching this, I highly recommend you check it out. Eric, besides gracing Bloomberg terminals from Singapore to New York, it has a must-read book called The Institutional ETF Toolbox. I highly recommend it. I've got links posted to Eric's book and Mike's Monday Morning QB in the description section below. So be sure to check that out. Now, The way we run ETF battles, we go through each of our four categories, one at a time. We've got cost, we've got uh, exposure strategy, and then, of course, we've got performance. And then, of course, my favorite category, which is the mystery category, where our judges get to pick that one factor or maybe multiple factors that uh, they think are important to today's matchup. They can also choose a wildcard ETF if they think that there's another fund that's maybe better. Or they can also pull an Earl Weaver or Billy Martin and protest. So we'll just have to see what they come up with. So let's get this battle started. Without further ado, the first category's cost. Mike, you're up. Well, it's pretty straightforward from a cost perspective. Uh, back comes in at 59 basis points, LIT at 75 basis points. So from an absolute cost basis, got to give the nod to BATT. Um, I will note that lit's a little bit more liquid if you're moving um, significant dollars 
Um, it's a larger ETF and it does have more volume. But big picture, which we'll get into as we go along, the 16 basis point difference is not going to be the driving factor um, for your decision on these two ETFs. So give it to bat just because it is 16 basis points cheaper, but um, not a huge deciding factor overall. All right. That's a strong start. Thank you, Mike. We shift to Eric. How do you see it in terms of cost? Mike just covered it all. Unfortunately, he stole all my thunder, but there's really only two cost metrics and that's expense ratio and the spread. And they're, like you said, there's, when you're in the thematic area, those are going to be very minor details relative to the index construction. Um, because when you look at the returns, I, I can already tell you that the differential in returns is um, you know, going to blow away that tiny difference in expense ratio. So I guess I would give it to BAT simply because it's a little cheaper, but this would almost be a draw in my opinion. All right. So is it BAT or is it a split? A BAT 51-49. Okay. okay. I got <laughs> All right. I got down for BAT. Our judges agreed on the first category. We move now to the exposure strategy. And this is where we get into the nitty gritty of looking at the funds underneath the hood. Eric, you're still up. Yeah, so um, when you look at these, the, to me, the, the two things that stick out are BAT incorporates the cars. So it's got this rule that says we're not just going to go after lithium miners and people involved in the lithium um, my, you know, business, uh, the ecosystem. But we're going to actually say if you have 90% more of your sales from electric vehicles, we're going to add you. So you got Tesla, NEO, and that's why you're going to have more consumer cyclical exposure in this. Um, I don't like that. I, I actually want – this is my opinion. I want just the miners because I'm probably going to have Tesla and these consumer stocks in other funds I have. And that also shows up in this stat that I like, which is percentage of top 10 holdings that make up the fund. So in Lit's case, uh, the top 10 holdings make up 57% of the fund, and they only make up 43% in BAT. That would be bad if you're going for broad beta. But when you're going for a target of exposure, I like that number high. I think it's a good thing. And I also, again, like the idea that you're going to be leaning more into the miners and industrial stocks. Um, I've Again, like I said, I over the years, you probably accumulated a lot of the growthy Momo names just by having them and their market cap rises in your fund. So I'm going to give the nod to Lit in this case, simply because it's like a little more true to its um, mission. So, Mike, how do you see it in terms of exposure strategy between these two battery ETFs? You know, you asked me this question back in October, and it had been a little easier question, question given that BAT made a big uh, change to their strategy back in October of last year, where they went from being advanced materials and batteries to battery and lithium specific, went from being an active fund to a passive fund. Since that change, the portfolios have gotten into much uh, closer alignment. They now have about 40% overlap with a significant number of names. But there is some still some significant differences, um, as Eric um, aptly pointed out. The biggest one to me is with respect to their both funds are market capitalization weighted, but the cap, the single security cap they put in place is very different. BAT uses a single security cap at 7%, meaning no company can be larger than 7%. Whereas um, LIT puts in a single security cap for materials companies at 20%, and at, they use a single security cap for battery companies at 4.5%. As a result, their largest holding is Albemel at 13.5% from a market capitalization perspective, 
which really gives it a big tilt, as Eric pointed out, to more of that materials sector um, rather than straight battery companies. I actually like that right now in the sense that I think the materials plays very much into the cyclical rotation. From that perspective, there's a little bit more of a cyclical play, I think, at, within the LIT right now. And from that perspective, I'd give the, the nod there. But I do think that since the change in bat strategy from actively managed um, materials and battery to the index following EQM's um, battery and lead index, the two strategies have aligned a lot more and it's a little tougher to judge. But just from a standpoint of I like the materials sector from a cyclical perspective right now, I'm going to give the nod to um, LIT. Very good. So, so far, we're halfway through this contest. Our judges have agreed so far. There's still some room and space, though, for some mayhem, and we may get it. We next move to performance, and this is where it really shakes down. Mike, you're still up. Who wins the battle? Well, from a full performance cycle, it's not even close. So if I look back going three years, five years in these two ETFs, um, LIT is absolutely um, crushed BAT. However, if I go back to kind of that change in methodology for BAT, which is back in October 20 of 2020, the performance actually is very much closer, but it's still LIT at 63.7% return versus BAT at 56.37. But you can see a much higher correlation in returns since that change in index methodology. Um, but I think just on the absolute numbers themselves, I'm going to have to give the, the nod right now to LIT. Very good. Eric, how do you see it in terms of performance? Do you agree with Mike's analysis? I do. And just from having tracked LIT for a number of years, it always seems to, it's got a resilience that a lot of theme ETFs don't. Every time you think, oh, it had its year, now it's going to go away for a couple. It, it kind of comes back. Um, I like that. Um, so I've had a lot more time living with it. And BAT, again, to me, you're, you're going to be linked to Tesla a little more. Um, the other thing with lit, though, it is more volatile. So the standard deviation is going to be a bit higher. But the returns are so much better that the sharp ratio is still going to crush BAT, at least in the recent past. So I'd have to, get, have to give it to lit. But normally, I wouldn't base anything on past performance. But lit's ability to come back and back reminds me of biotech. Just when you're like, okay, biotech's had enough. It's, still, it's on the leaderboard the next year, too. Um, lit has that same quality. Not, not that it's going to happen again, but that's just my feeling with it over the years. So the numbers have been really strong in this ETF. We move now to the mystery battle category where our judges can pick that one factor or several factors that they think are crucial to today's matchup. So Eric, tell us, what is your mystery battle category and who wins it? Um, so my mystery category is going to be the geographical holding. So when you go into Steam ETFs, you're, you're going to make a lot of ge geographical bets that you probably don't even know about. So you get a lot of emerging markets in both of these. And I, it's a little annoying that China is so big in lit. If I had one drawback, it's that China's 47% of the portfolio. That just seems a little too high for me. That is 33%. And the U.S., um, in BAT is 17%, U.S. in LID is 21%. So long story short, um, BAT is going to be um, a little more diversified around the world geographically. So I would have to give the nod to BAT on that front, um, which makes this all a tough call. I just don't like China. I don't like one country being, especially China, being almost half of my theme ETF. Got you down for BAT. Thank you very much, Eric. 
Mike, what is your mystery battle category and who wins it? You know, it's a tough call with these two ETFs. I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, when I look at broad, when I look at the thematic space, I think, you know, just similar to like what you can do with the sectors and industry ETFs where you can say, oh, here's my broad based select sector spiders tracking the S&P 500. And then here's my industry ETFs tracking subsets of those sectors. I think of the thematic space the same way, right? You have these broad segments in the, within the thematic space, disruptive technology, evolving consumer, industrial revolution. You know, both of these kind of fit in that industrial revolution slash sustainability kind of broad segments. And to that extent, they both have significant overlap with clean energy ETFs in general. So they've got anywhere from 15 to 20% with most of the large clean energy ETFs. And I think this is an example of an area of the market that unless you have a specific reason on a tactical basis to allocate to these specific themes, um, you might want to think broader and think I can get some of my allocations by going broader, getting exposure to multiple themes. So my mystery category is really with this respective diversification. And I think that you know, while these both LIT and BAT have very um, unique portfolios, and I think they offer an opportunity to gain access to very niche areas of the market, for a broader allocation, you might want to take a step back and look at some of the broader based sustainability, clean energy type strategies, um, because they are very unique and very targeted. So no particular winner from that perspective, though, if I was going to have to give the nod, I like what Eric said about diversification in BAT more geographically. And then also just while he was saying that, I took a look, BAT has 87 names relative to LIT's 40 names. So you're going to get a broader portfolio with BAT. So I'm going to give that Mr. Category on that idea of diversification and broader segments to um, BATT in this, in this round. All right. Very good. Thank you very much, Mike. And really some solid tips also uh, on diversification. We appreciate that. So now we've moved to the part, part of the show where our judges get to pick their, their overall battle winner for today's showdown. So Mike, you're still up. Give it to us. I'm going to say that the, the, the battle's close in that today's portfolios, I think, are going to be highly correlated. And I don't expect significant differentiation. So there's Reasons to like both and different use cases, depending on what you're trying to attach. But just from the longevity and consistency of LIT, um, the fact that it has been tracking the same index since inception, um, it's a larger ETF at this point. I'm going to give the overall category winner to LIT, but a very close battle. And I think both both strategies offer unique opportunity sets, depending on your on your specific needs. Thank you, Mike. Eric, your last opportunity to weigh in on your overall winner between these two battery ETFs. Uh, yeah, so I, I would echo Mike. Uh, for the most part, I think uh, Lit should win this. Um, the, assuming that you are have a normal portfolio that you might own something close to an S&P or you know, the Qs or something like that, um, again, you already own your Tesla. If, if you are not an investor like that, and you actually want to capture the whole electric vehicle situation, that would win. But I just think for the most people, lit is better because it is so concentrated and different. I, I, the China thing annoys me, but I just hold my nose on that one and, and pick it anyway. Excellent. Well, our judges have weighed in. And according to my battle scorecard, today's winner is lit. And our judges agreed in most 
actually all categories. This this was a unique battle because usually we get some disagreement, but each one of you obviously had different points. You agreed in terms of cost, bat one on that one, exposure strategy, you you both preferred lit. Uh, in terms of performance, same thing. Uh, in terms of your mystery category, you each had some great points. Eric liked the purity of lit with the miners and industrial stocks. And of course, uh, also uh, that was a concern for him on the geographical side of things with China representing a huge portion of lit. So just keep an eye out on that. And of course, Mike pointing out the diversification matter with BAT having 87 stocks compared to just 40 for lit. So, and then of course, getting into the nitty gritty of the security caps on uh, the percentage uh, ceiling that each ETF can own of a specific security. So all in all, I think uh, you guys gave us uh, some great ideas as well as great insights with this particular battle. And for our audience, at the very least, if you're looking at investing in this theme of batteries, lithium, and uh, the trend in that direction, I think we've given you an excellent, excellent place to start. Well, that does it for this round of ETF battles. Again, a big thanks to our judges, Eric and Mike, for an outstanding job for helping us to dissect today's matchup. Which ETF battle would you like to see in our next episode? Be sure to post your thoughts in our comment section below. Give us your ETF ticker symbols. You can also find us on Twitter at ETF Guide. Thanks for watching. I'm Rhonda Leggy. Watch the battle before you invest right here on ETF Guide TV. Falling Knives Keep Falling. The Smart Fallen Knives ETF from Direction targets distressed companies primed to reignite. Screening for businesses exhibiting negative momentum, then identifying quality metrics and strong fundamentals. Knife captures fallen knives with the most promise for performance. Get the NIFE ETF from Direction today. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully.